about that? This reaches and pulls it out of the air. Here he is right over here. And watch, he's coming upfield. He plays off the block. Says, oh, wait, that's a football. And he grabs it, and away he goes. He looks like a power forward. I'm on a new level. 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 Brought me a new shovel. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited for this episode. We're going to break down one of the more interesting players in the entire draft, a very high-ceiling player with a, a very good guest. But before we get into that, a quick word from our sponsor. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel and features the revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams and has a ton of other cool features as well. In addition to free agency, like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automatic contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com and a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code DD to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Okay, guys, today I'm joined by Chris Trapasso. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris Trapasso. He's a CBS Sports NFL draft writer. Chris, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Elliot. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem, man. You, you've gotten some draft rankings out there that are a little bit different than the norm, and I really like that because I feel like you're not scared to talk about what you feel, how you feel about a player and what you see. So I, I know Harold Landry is a guy that's a very highly debated prospect based on whether or not you go off his 2017 film or 2016 film, you're going to have completely different grades on him. So before we jump into his strengths and weaknesses, I'm curious, how do you evaluate 2016 versus 2017? totally different and there's a lot of speculation and you know some pretty confirmed reports that he was injured in 2017s or for portions of 2017 he obviously shut it down a little bit early um i actually did a top 100 before the season started and had him um in my top 10 like his 2016 film i thought was really good um i'm not gonna say von miller-esque but a similar type of player that won with that burst uh bend and dip around the edge and then 2017 i didn't really see that same player at all so the injuries uh certainly could have played in there um played a role in his not as much production and or it could have been something with you know offensive tackles understanding how he was trying to beat them and then be and then being able to counter that so it was really hard to figure out because after that big junior season i was expecting him to just have a ridiculous senior year. I thought he could have even come out last year and been a probably a second round pick, if not a first round pick. So then for him to come back and have a disappointing season, that's why uh, he kind of dropped from the top 10 into the 40 to 50 range for me. Yeah, and that's understandable. I mean, I when I watched him, I only watched his 2016 film and I watched one game from 2017 and basically said that that guy's not healthy. Now that could be a complete error on my part, but if we go back to his 2016 numbers, we're talking about a guy that had 16 and a half sacks. He had an interception, four pass deflections, and seven forced fumbles. I mean, just from a production standpoint, off the charts. In 2017, he only had five sacks in eight games. He just was not the same player. And, you know, I think teams will do their medicals and they will do their research and kind of really know that better than it 
than someone from the outside as to exactly what that was, if it was a health issue. Because like you mentioned, he did shut it down the last four games of the year. And then we, we get to the NFL Combine, and it's a big deal for a lot of edge rushers because pe- we want to see their athleticism scores. And he ran a 4.6440, which is really good. The 6.88 three-cone was in the 95th percentile. And, you know, he weighed in at 252 pounds, and probably your – your ideal kind of four three defensive end but let, let's talk about when when you watch his film what you like what, what are the, the strengths that you like most about his game this is actually good timing that we're having this podcast or this uh, conversation on this podcast right now because i just came out with a um, ranking of the edge rusher skills for cbs sports i've been ranking the specific skills for each position uh starting a few weeks ago started at on the offensive side with quarterbacks and made my way to the defensive side um and there's one subheading that I had when it comes to um, being a good edge rusher, I think, in the NFL. Second most important behind being able to use your hands to me is that you know trio of burst off the ball, uh, bend to the quarterback, and dip to get underneath those you know bigger, taller offensive tackles. And I have him number one of all the edge rushers in this class in that area, that he wins um, from a wide alignment, with that burst, like you mentioned, the fast 40, the fast 10-yard split, the three-cone shows that he can flatten. And there were some pass rushing reps that I saw him get very low to the ground. I mean, he isn't 6'4", 6'5", but even at 6'2", and 250 pounds, he was very low to the ground. That takes a lot of athleticism, flexibility, and we've seen that that players not only in the 95th percentile or so, the three-cone drill, but that can translate that onto the field, end up being good edge rushers. So if, for a team to just use him in that stand-up outside linebacker role and just let him from the seven technique, nine technique, wherever he would be way outside and just let him get to the quarterback that way. That's where I think he can be the most effective in the NFL. Yeah, I think your grade on Landry is going to highly depend on what you're looking for out of a player. Because if you're looking for a speed rusher, I mean, that's exactly what he is. Like you mentioned, he's super bendy, had that great three cone. He's not the best with his hands. We'll we'll talk about that more in his weaknesses in some areas that he, he can improve on. But I also really liked his motor. You know, and especially in 2016, there are a lot of run plays where he was out of position and he would come back and, and chase down the runner or and the quarterback. He would he would never really give up if the quarterback broke contain. He would be in there. He would chase him down from another side of the field. He was really good at knocking the ball out of quarterback's hands with the seven force fumbles. I really like that aspect of his game. I thought he did a good job where if he lost at the line of scrimmage, he was looking to get his hands up and try to deflect passes. Another aspect of his game that I like that probably is underrated and it's not going to make him a top pick by any means but in contained situations I thought he was very good I think if you're looking and we'll get to this in a later when I talk about the team I want to see him go to but if you're facing mobile quarterbacks I think he's a really good guy to have on the edge and match that athleticism and contain some of those big quarterback runs and with more and more mobile quarterbacks going to the NFL I think that that's something that's worth mentioning but I think ultimately with with him you're getting a guy that's a very good speed rusher that's going to be super bendy that needs to improve in other areas that has a super high ceiling and it's going to really impact i think he's going to be very different on a lot of different teams draft boards some teams may have him top 10 some teams may have him in that 50 range when you watch his game are there any major concerns that you have with him probably and you kind of mentioned this just what he does with his hands and and in that article that i mentioned um i not only just ranked the skills but i started and I 
have the most important skill or what I deem to be the most important skill at the top of the article. And it is uh, luxury to have that ability to bend and, and to burst and to dip around those offensive tackles. But to me, if you can't use your hands, and certainly we've seen the last couple of years that the top offensive linemen that have come into the NFL from the draft haven't been great, but against the majority of at least average to above average offensive tackles in the NFL, if you can't use your hands, then you're going to have problems because if a team knows, okay, Harold Landry is just going to, you know, use a speed rush off the edge and there's not going to be a counter, then I don't think he'll be as effective. So just because I place a higher priority maybe um, than some people on being able to use your hands and or even a spin move off the speed rush, which I didn't see very often, just to have one or two counter moves. That's kind of the difference between a first round edge rusher and a guy just in the second round that to me, the first round edge rushers are the guys that have that burst and bend dip and they can use their hands, not only against the run, but to beat offensive tackles when they're initially stopped, um, you know, on their first plan of attack. And, and I didn't really see that even in 2016 with Landry. I mean, he was so good with his speed and his bend that he didn't really need it. But then I was expecting to see him use his hands a little better last season. And I didn't really see that again. He could have been injured, but that's probably why I don't think he's a bad prospect at all, but that's probably why I'm a little bit lower on him than the consensus because I, I didn't see him. Like I saw him get to the pass rushing apex a lot and not really know what to do if he wasn't able to win with that speed around the edge i think that's a fair criticism i mean i wrote down that he doesn't he doesn't have great hand usage i think that when he doesn't win with his first move often he doesn't know how to follow it up with a counter move i think that's an area that he really needs to compete uh, to improve in and you know i was talking to a couple of different people about this and the question was does he rely on his speed moves so much because it works so often? You know what I mean? And then that's why he didn't necessarily use other moves that he might be capable of. And the 2017, you wanted to see him take the next step forward. You So teams have adjusted to his speed rush. Can he make the use the hands, kind of learn different counters? It's tough. I think that if you feel confident that it's the ankle in 2017 and that he wasn't healthy and didn't have that burst, then you kind of look at his 2016 tape and you say, okay, I have a good speed rusher. But the thing is, it's really important to know that he might not be a completely developed pass rusher, but he, the way he wins, he's very good at winning in that area. And, you know, we didn't mention it, but he's not great against the run. I mean, he's only 250 pounds. He he can set the edge at times. He can also get washed out of place. He's going to need to improve in that area. When you watch his game, is there someone that he reminds you of? Yeah, um, I think Derek Barnett would probably be at the higher end for him. I wasn't super high on Barnett, but I, I, I did see a similar bend around the edge. Um, I thought Barnett was okay with his hands a little bit better than Landry. Um, and Barnett was just bigger and stronger. So if there's one area, I mean, I'm a big believer. And if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably seen me tweet this. Um, I'm a big believer that pretty much all prospects don't really change much once they get to the NFL, that strengths stay strengths and weaknesses stay weaknesses. Um, but I will say with Landry, you certainly cannot teach, you know, burst and bend and dip. So for him to have that, I think is important. Um, he could get a little bigger. Would that maybe slow him down a little bit potentially? And like you mentioned, I think at, at 6'2 and 250 pounds, he will be somewhat of a liability against the run unless he does bulk up to that 260 range. Um, but then, like I said, that could maybe, you know, take away from what his trump card is at this point. Um, I thought going into the combine, someone like Noah Spence, but he actually had a much better combine than Spence. Uh, and Spence was someone that really went, you know, rose up draft boards as the draft got closer, but I never really saw anything besides a outside speed rush from him. I think Landry's a little better than that. So I think on the high end, Derek Barnett, 
who landed in the perfect situation. He wasn't asked to be that alpha pass rusher right away in Philadelphia, was used you know, 30, 40, 50% of the time and, and ended up being a, a pretty key role player. I think that's how Landry probably should start his career. And then as he gets a little bit older, move into that, you know, full-time defensive end role it's funny that you mentioned you started with spence because that's my comparison and i agree the combine doesn't necessarily match up but i just i remembered watching spence and studying spence and i kept seeing him win with that that outside move and that speed and the bend and that it, it really stood out to me that landry is that kind of guy i agree i've seen him get some von miller comparisons i think that's a little a little too high of praise for him, but I think that he is this super bendy athlete on the edge. I always talk about this. Landing spot is so huge for any of these guys' success. You mentioned Derek Barnett landing in the perfect spot that made him not be this alpha pass rusher. Where would you like to see him go that you think he could have the most successful NFL career? Well, yeah, first, I think that's a great point that these are not just prospects in a vacuum that that they would you know have the same career if they landed with all 32 teams. So that's a really good point point to bring up and I think that that can get lost in the draft process um, and although the NFL is about 60 to 70 percent nickel so there's a lot of four down linemen um, only two linebackers on the field a team that has a base package or their defensive coordinator has roots in a 3-4 that wants to see him stand up I wouldn't necessarily use him to cover very often um, but he is you know he's small enough and athletic enough to do that a team that that isn't asking him like you mentioned to, to be this big force in the run game bring him in on third downs bring him in in second and longs and just let him get after the quarterback and that even if he gets pushed past the uh quarterback that that quarterback's gonna have to step up maybe into pressure on the interior so a team like the Packers a team like the Rams um that just lost Robert Quinn I think you know as a weak side edge rusher um that would you know mainly be in sub package roles to start those two teams to me stand out and that they're kind of in the range where you know somewhere from pick 14 to uh the late 20s is where I ultimately think he'll go so those two teams really stand out but just any team that wants to use him as that weak side um outside linebacker to just rush the rush the quarterback I'm happy you brought out the brought up the Rams because this is a team I really want to see him go to uh Wade Phillips doesn't really care much about run defense so I don't even think they'll care that much about that weakness and you mentioned that he might force quarterbacks to step up and if you have to step up in Aaron Donald that is probably bad news for you and then the the Rams run a lot of stunts as well and that allows him to take advantage of his speed and I, I thought that was an area that he was good at too is when they they used him on stunts and they forced the defensive tackle outside of the tackle and he could kind of cut up into that b-gap he really, he really did a lot of damage, that B-gap or A-gap. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, he could contain Russell Wilson. And that's that's a big thing with, with the Seahawks in that division. And I, I think that the Rams would really allow him to play to his strengths and hide a lot of his weaknesses. And they could have him kind of be that sub-package guy. Chris, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. Uh, I'm a huge fan of your work. Why don't you tell the people where, what you're working on and where they can find it? I'll be continuing to do the prospect skills rankings. I just did edge rushers, like I mentioned. So I'm on the defensive side of the ball, and then I'll have a rundown of player comparisons. It's a pretty fun thing to do every draft season. I love doing it. So I'll have that and any more um, reaction to news over the next five weeks until the draft. You can find all my draft work on CBSSports.com and some videos on CBS Sports HQ. 
Guys, highly recommend checking all that out. And you can follow him on Twitter at Chris Trapasso. You can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris, your host of the Draft Daily Podcast. As always, you can find us now on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Guys, as always, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you. Lawyers in that commissary ain't gonna pay itself. Well, well, that when we recorded in the bathroom. Well, well, that I take attendance like a classroom. Man, I ain't got no choice. Cause nowadays I swear this shit to change up for the boy. I'm self made, selfish with my women, self employed. I'll buy the neighbor's house if they complain about.